0: Meditating on pure things is beneficial. Beneficial means producing good results. And we want good results. We want good to happen in our life. We want good to happen for us at church as well as outside church. But beneficial, especially from a Christian standpoint, has to do with life-changing effects. To us as Christians, when we talk about the benefits of God, which are daily, we know that his benefits can affect our life for the better. Am I right by that? As a Christian, you can tell folks that God daily gives me benefits. And the benefits that he Gives me, affects my life for the better. That, that, that means even when worse is happening, because you know God's benefits are being distributed, your day's still going to be better. Your day's still going to be fine. And when you consider that, you, you can't help but look at Romans 8 and 28, which says all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are the call according to his purpose. He He gives daily benefits, as David decreed, in order for our life to be better. As we, we should never take for granted any day. We should never be like worldly folks and live for the weekend. Live to see the paycheck. Live to see whatever is high on a person's agenda as it pertains to a particular week. No, every day should be a good day for us. Remember what the psalmist said, this is a day that the Lord has made. Then he decreed, I will be glad. I'm going to be glad about it. I'm going to rejoice in it. I'm going to be happy about it. Because I know he made it. And when you consider Philippians 4 and 8. Paul wanted to make sure that whatever Was on the saint's mind. Whether in church. Or outside of the church. Was beneficial. You you should never. Be a person with. An idle mind. Never. You should never be a person with an idle mind. You should never wait for things to just pop up in your mind you should never just allow what you see to get in your mind and then start to control how you think you should train yourself to think on things that are beneficial even when you're hurting, you, you should, you shouldn't focus on the pain. You should train yourself to think on what is beneficial. And, and what Paul said to the church was just wonderful in that he told them that Basically, if it's worth thinking on, it's going to, number one, have some virtue. Virtue, in one sense, is strength. See, see, don't think on anything that's going to make you weak. And and you know, something can just draw the strength out of you. If you're going to think on something that needs to be on something that's going to make you strong, that's going to put some strength in you, instead of taking strength out of you. Because if truth be told, we, we can come up with a whole lot of things that would take the strength out of us. You agree by show sure of hands? Well, Paul said, if you're going to think on it, you you need to first see if it's going to have any virtue in it. Is it going to strengthen you? Is it going to empower your mind? And if it empowers your mind, it's going to be evident in what you say and what you do. Because we are basically a product of what we think. What we think will eventually come out in our words. And our deeds. And we need to think on things that are gonna make us strong. Especially when you're going through, when you're going through it in your body, you're feeling weak in your body. No, you don't, you don't need to be thinking about how weak you are in your body. You need to be thinking about something that, that's gonna give you strength to move forward despite what you're going through in your body. But then he went on, he said, and if it's praise worthy. You think on things that are, that are praise worthy. Things that are honorable are things that possess value, especially as it pertains to God. Because when, when we as Christians think about things that are praise-worthy, we have to include God. That's the reason we th- say things like all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise belongs to Jesus. Is that one of your sayings? Matter of fact, let's try it right, right now. Ready? All the glory. All the... And all the... Belongs to who? So when, when, when we... Think about something that's praiseworthy. That means we're going to start thinking on something that has to do with God. Not on the devil, demons, or what your flesh or that part of you that is in contrast to God wants you to think on. No, you, you think on godly things. Things that are praiseworthy. And so he wanted them to make sure, again, that whatever they meditated or thought on was beneficial. And that's in me. I, I, I want to think on things that are beneficial. And will you tell your neighbor before I go in and say, eh, just tell them that's not, easy. that's not always easy. Am I right about that? Yeah, because yeah, things going to try to pop up you going to be around folks, they're going to say something and what they say, is going to try to get in your mind. You're going to be looking at stuff and it's going to try to get in you. Right? So it's not always easy, it's not automatic. I said it's not automatic. You have to train yourself to think or meditate on things that are beneficial. You have to train yourself. And often you have to deny yourself in order to think on the right thing. And tonight, we want to train ourselves to think on things that appear. Things that appear. Pure. Pure in one sense has to do with with, uh, something that is not unclean, dirty, or defiled. And some of us, we we don't have a problem with with not thinking about unclean stuff. Because some of us, when we think about the, the dirty stuff we used to do, we get nauseous about it, but when you're battling your flesh, it can be easy to think about something unclean, something defile, something something um, your flesh desires you to think on. And so you're going to have to put your body under subjection and do what God would have you do. Am I right? But to be pure also means to be unmixed, unmixed. And I want, I want to deal with this because I, I think this is the problem we have. Sometimes. Some, sometimes we, we we think on things that have a mixture of good and bad. And, and sometimes we'll we, we are, we are vary in our mind. We'll think about what was good and then we'll say, but the bad. And we'll start even comparing the good and the bad. And we'll start comparing what's mixed. One report, but mix statements. One report, some things in the report you can shout about. Some things in the report try to make you feel. And, and often you get mixed reports. From professionals. Yeah. You would love to have just a clean or pure report. But you get a mixed report. And and often when, when, when a report contains good and bad. For some reason or another. We often allow our mind to gravitate toward the bad. Instead of the good. And see, remember, when it's pure, is not going to be mixed. And I'm going to tell you something. It's one thing to see in a report something negative, but it's another thing for you to just focus on that negative part of the report. I say it's another thing for you to focus on that negative Part of the report. Because like it or not. When it comes to a report. Biblically speaking. The quest, the main question is. What you going to believe. We see the report. But the question is. What you going to believe about the report. Why is it important. What what I believe. Be, because your belief. Is going to determine the outcome. If thou canst. Believe. All things are what? Possible. What, what does that, what does that say in one sense? Or what does it imply in one sense? That your belief determines the outcome. You got a report that contains mixed reviews. Reviews that are not pure. Six that are pessimistic, a negative, and three that are optimistic are positive. One report, but out of the report, what are you gonna believe? Well, Pastor, it seemed like all the report is true. Oh, so you done compared it to, to God's word. Cause the Bible tells us, let every man be, but let who be true? So, so that is automatic. I got to compare this to what God said. That's just automatic. Well, my, my common sense, well, if you let your common sense in it, that means you put your common sense above God's word. But any report you get should be Compared to God's word. And you have to make up in your mind what you're gonna believe about the report. Well, Pastor, it is what it is. No, it, it, no, don't, don't, don't give me that worldly saying now. Not if you, not if, not if you out of the same mouth saying God has a final say. If God has a final say, let, let's see what he's saying. How many believe God has a final say? Well, don't let that report be the final say. Let's see what God has to what? Say! Is he gonna talk? Yeah! He talking in 66 books right here. He talking, he talked in 66 books. 39 in, in what we call the Old Testament and 27 in what we call the New Testament. Is God talking? And he not just talking in scripture, he talking outside the scripture. Amos 3 and 7, surely the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveal his secrets unto his servants who the God. prophets, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of who? God. Ask your neighbor whose report you're going to believe. Say to your neighbor, you always got a choice. Always. Now, if God wants you to think on what's pure, that means you're going to have to eliminate something. If the scripture says we ought to think on what is pure, that means something needs to be eliminated. As much as my flesh wants to focus on negativity, as a child of God, I can't let that happen. As much as you want me to consider the bad, as a Christian, I just can't do that. Not when I know God can change things for quick, get ready. Y'all remember that old saying? How many believe God can change things for quick, get ready? You know he can because he done did it for you. Or for some of us anyway, am I right? So when it, when it comes to what's pure is not mixed. So, so the bottom line, I also need to get a clear understanding of what something pure is from a biblical standpoint. And in order to do that, we need to first go to Psalm. Twelfth chapter. Twelfth chapter of Psalm. Y'all with me so far? Psalm twelve Verse six. Y'all yeah, quiet. That means you're listening. Psalm 12 and 6. The words of the Lord are. Word. The words of the Lord are. So, if I'm going to meditate a thing on what's pure, Psalm 12 and 12 and 6 is telling me it needs to be the word of the Lord. Right? Right? So if something is in contrast to the Word of God, that means it is not pure. pure. If something is in contrast to the Word of God, that means it is not pure. If something is in contrast to the Word of God, blazed upon Psalm 12 and 6, that means it is not pure. How many understand that? I know I'm just making this so elementary, but I want this to get in you. Is that all right? Let's go to the book of James. James, the third chapter. Let's take just a little bit further. James chapter three. James in the uh New Testament. So we're leaving the old and we headed to the new. Consider James three and the first clause. In the 17th verse. James 3, first clause in the 17th verse. Ready? Don't fake on me now. James 3 and 17. But the wisdom that is from above, from above, would that be in reference to who? God. God. All right. It's first what? It's first what? It's first what? Fear. Matter of fact, I'm just gonna stop right there. But the wisdom that is from God is first, help me again, it's first what? God gives wisdom. Wisdom in the sense of giving you the ability to choose what's right. That's wisdom. Even though you have been presented a number of things, God has given you the ability to choose the right thing. Yeah, I see the mixed report. I see, I see these seven things right here that you're saying that that could happen, and I'm seeing these three things that that I like that's going to happen. So, so I know my God has given me the ability to choose what to believe and what not to believe. Well, suppose you choose to believe the positive, but the negative still happens. That does not change who God is. And and, and that does not change the fact that I need to make a choice. Huh? Remember, uh, Even though Daniel made the right choice, he was still thrown into the lion's den. Even though the Hebrew boys made the right choice, they were still thrown into the fiery furnace. So so when you look at it just from that aspect, it's as if they made the wrong choice. Why didn't they just say, okay, king, you're right. We'll just go ahead and bow and they wouldn't have been thrown into the fire. No, you can't do that as a child of God. You have to make the right choice. And when you make the right choice, even when bad happens, who gonna bring you out? It goes back to Romans 8 and 28. All things work together for the, Good. for the what? Good. That means everything gonna be beneficial. Everything gonna be beneficial just because you love God. So, and sometimes the wrong choice Looks like the right choice, matter of fact that there are folks that will choose the wrong choice which looked like the right choice over the right choice. You hear me, but you can't do that. you can't do that you you have you have to use wisdom and you have to choose what's right according to God's word, and even when you choose what's right, that does not mean God is not going to permit bad to happen. But you have to remember, God is God. He's sovereign. That means he's in control of how many things? So God can allow something to happen, but when all is said and done, it's still going to work out in your favor. I done gave you one reference, Romans 8 and 28. Help me with it again. All things work together for the what? Because you what? And you are call according to his what? But the reason you need to make the right choice according to the word of God is based upon what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35. Heaven and earth shall but not God's word. word. Not one jot, nor tittle shall pass. God going to do everything he said. Tell your neighbor plus. Why is that? He'll do exceeding, abundantly, above what you, or what else? He'll do what you what? Ask a what? Say to your neighbor, that's really meditating is important. Cause God will do what you what? Or, but let's take out the ask and just, just use that other little word, which is what? Think. God will do all that you what? Or do more than what you Look at your neighbor that's the, and tell them that's the reason meditating is so important. Because God will do what you think. And of course, he'll do what you think as long as it's in line with what? The written and the... How I many understand that? I'm going too fast for you? You getting it? Good, because I'm almost done. That's good, because I'm almost done. Now... So, if you choose the right thing and bad happens, should you panic? No. No, because that done not happen. That done not happen all in scripture. That even happened with Jesus. time he chose the right thing, what happened? Bad. But when you seemingly choose the wrong thing, well, when you seemingly choose the wrong thing because you feel like it's the right thing, you ain't got no way out. Because you went against God's word. And the one thing you never want to do is be on a page that God is not on. Will you tell your neighbor for me, don't you get on no page, God ain't on. And don't you step in no season, God is not in. The season that God put us in is better as here and better as God. Don't you let your mouth put you in another season. Don't you let your kinfolk put you in another season. Look at me. Am I laughing? Am I smiling? I'm serious. Don't you let, don't you get yourself in another season. Well, it seemed like my better, better. Don't let your mouth mess you up, girl. Don't you let your mouth mess you up. You chose right. Bad is happening. But God ain't done. God ain't done. God, how about... He wanted them to meditate on pure things, and we understand based upon the scripture. When it, when it's pure, that means it's God's word, according to Psalm twelve and what six. That means it's God's wisdom, according to James three and what. And remember, when God gives you wisdom, He gives you the ability to choose the right thing, right. I mean, you may have a whole lot of stuff before you, but you're going to choose what? The right thing. Don't let nobody make you so nervous the way you choose the wrong thing. Don't, don't, and don't be crazy. Some folks, well, you need to choose now. No, I don't. The Bible tell me I need to pray. I need to acknowledge God in all my ways and wait on him to direct me and God ain't telling me nothing now. So if you can't wait, that's between you and whoever, but I'm going to wait. Until I hear from him, until heaven talks, because I ain't trusting you, professional. I'm trusting who the Bible told me to trust. Who is that? Proverbs three and five. Trust in the Lord with all your. Lean not until you're what. Don't don't mess yourself up. Don't mess yourself up. Well, it just seems sensible to do this. Don't you mess yourself up talking about it seems sensible. Because see, God do some things that are not sensible. In reference to man's way of feeling, thinking, perceiving, and so forth. What does Isaiah say in Isaiah 55? His thoughts are not as ours. His ways are not as high. Way. Didn't he even said, you, you know how different they are? He says, as high as the heavens, heavens are from what? Heavens. The earth. So are his thoughts uh-huh. and so are his ways. You have to be pure. And when you're pure, when it comes to your thinking, it's going to be according to the, to the word of God and it's going to be based upon the wisdom of who? God. So when you choose, you're going to know you choose based upon the Scripture. And even if bad happens, you know that does not matter because all things are going to work together for what? Because you love God. And you know God, according to Scripture, will do more than you think. Right? All right, let's take it further. Um, Now when you... When you are operating in a pure mind, that means you ain't gonna deal with, you ain't gonna deal with everybody. I better bring scripture real quick. Let's go to 1st Timothy. Chapter 5, 1st Timothy 5. I done dropped that so it is. Oh Lord, have my This script is so powerful, it's gonna cut out some of your kinfolk. Some of the folk you go to church with. First Timothy 5 and 22. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the latter part. We're gonna focus on the latter part, but I'm gonna read the entire verse. Do not lay, he told Timothy, do not lay hands on anyone. Help me. Nor share in other People's help me keep yourself. What don't get the dealing with messy folk. You get the dealing with messy folk. You gonna get the thinking messy. Y'all, some of y'all, y'all, you ain't got to that scripture yet. I see y'all still turning. We need to read this one more time. First Timothy five and twenty two. Do not lay hands on anyone, nor shall in other peoples keep yourself, what? Whose job is it? It's your job to keep yourself, what? Now he was telling the pastor this. Timothy was the pastor of the church. Don't share in other people's what? Keep yourself what? Keep yourself what? Don't let your wife mess you up. Don't let your aunt mess you up. If somebody is saying something out of his or her mouth that's in contrast to the will of God and they know better. You know what you call that? Sin. Lord, I need to prove that. Let's go to the book of, uh, James. Y'all hold on. I'm finna be done. Lord have mercy. I need, I need to hurry. Let's go to the book of James. Y'all in James? Okay. Alright, notice James, uh, four and seventeen. James chapter four, verse seventeen. To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is what? Sin. Now she telling you, you just need to do what he telling you to do. And she know better? Look, that's sin. I said that's sin. If I'm telling you and I'm your pastor, you need to use common sense. Yeah, I know what the Bible says, but in this instance, you use common sense. Guess what I'm, guess what I'm doing? I'm sinning. Common sense or any other kind of sense should not come before God's word. What should come first? On one occasion, the Pharisees had the audacity to ask Jesus, what is the first and great commandment? And Jesus said, hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. And you should love him. Basically, with all your spirit, your soul, and your body. And God, according to John 1, 1 and 1 through 3, is his word. God's word, a God should be first no matter what. I said no matter what God' word should be first. And that's going to be tough to swallow sometime when, when somebody is trying to push you to do something. No, you, you, don't, you don't be pushed into no corner by nobody. You are a child of God. You have to be led by who? God. You ain't You ain't even considered a, a child of God if you ain't led by God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of the children of God. Right? True sons are led by the Spirit of God from a New Testament standpoint. Right? In the Old Testament... They they followed a person that God had anointed or put his spirit into. You know why they followed David? And, and was so loyal to him because in, in the Old Testament, everybody did not receive the spirit. There were only certain ones that received. The spirit as far as uh, being given to everyone didn't happen until, until the church was birthed. Then Peter then Peter decreed, look, if you repent and get baptized, you will receive the Holy Ghost or the God. And he said this promise is not only to you, but to your children, to them that are near, as well as them that are far off. But it wasn't the case in the, in the, in the old testament. See, we need, we need, we need to have in our being that God comes first. Amen. Amen. All right. Last scripture. Let's go to uh, Matthew five and eight. This is my last scripture. Matthew five and eight. We're talking about we have to be pure. Now I want you to notice the revelation that Jesus gave, um, Especially to his disciples. On what historically is called the Beautitudes. Or the Mount of Olives. But, but notice the message that he gave there. But, but notice what he said here in Matthew 5. Y'all there? Yeah. Consider verse 8. Ready to read. Bless all. One more time, bless other. Now hard in one sense connotes what? The mind. Hard in one sense notes, connotes what? The mind. mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so hard connotes in one sense what? The The mind. And, of course, the mind is the place that we meditate on, on things, right? Let's read Matthew 5 and 8 one more time. Ready, read. Heart, so if you're pure in heart, that means you're meditating on what's pure. How many would agree with that by show sure of hands? I don't want to lose nobody. So notice, if you're peering hard, you're going to see who God. And some folks take this as mean. You're going to help. That's what they that's 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 what they get from it when they see it. I'm gonna see God because I'm peering hard, but that's not the revelation. To see, in one sense, means that you're going to experience or have a relationship with him. Why? Because of your pure mind. And if your mind is pure, based upon what you've already learned tonight, that means your mind is on what word? The word of God. Because according to Psalm 12 and 6, the word of God is what? Pure. That means if you're pure according to James three and seventeen, you're operating in what? Wisdom. You are choosing to you, you are choosing the right thing because the word of God is where? In you. What does that say about you? You have a relationship with him. It's no way you're you're going to be operating in the wisdom of God. No way you're you're going to be thinking, talking, and doing according to what's pure if you don't have a relationship with him. The pure and harsh shall what? That means you, you're going to have a relationship. That's what it means to see in, in one sense. But the second sense it means to see is that you're going to receive the benefits of God. You're going to receive the benefits of God. And, and one of the benefits of God is seeing or receiving what he has ordained for you to have. Yeah. What you what he has ordained for you to have. Get your mind out of that. That means that when we get to heaven, we're going to see God. No. That, that, that's not the revelation that he wants us to receive. We have to rightly divide what? Word. The word. We have to rightly divide what? The word. And some things we 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 even when we rightly divide it we we won't fully understand until we we are taught it. Uh-huh. Right? right? Remember the the Ethiopian that was extremely intelligent but he was reading the scripture he what? He couldn't get a full what? Understand. And Philip asked him, "Do you understand what you read?" He, he said, "How in the world I'm gonna understand this unless I have someone to what teach me?" And that's what God does, right? Amen. And that's what we're we what's happening tonight. We are receiving what it means. But how many are understanding? And you understand based upon the Word of God. Amen. So, if I'm meditating on what's pure, who am I going to see? that means I'm going to experience him in reference to having a relationship with him that means I'm going to experience him in reference to receiving his benefits say to your neighbor everybody don't receive the benefits of God not all that he pours out now, now, now the ones that people do receive he, he explains that he said, look I, I'll let it rain on who the just as well as who The unjust, yeah, God good to everybody, but there are certain benefits you got to be child of God to get. How many understand that? Don't believe that lie that they used to tell you. Everybody is a child of God. The devil is a lie. Well, if if everybody is a child of God, that means when all is said and done, cheering the God gonna be in hell. If everybody is a child of God, oh. Jesus made it plain in, in John 8 and 44 when he told Jews who did believe, but, but then got the arguing about the truth. He said, you are of your father, who? The devil. And so that's the distinction right there. You got children of God and children of the? Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.